This episode of Netflix Roulette Podcast is brought to you by Living on Repair. If your iPhone is broken and in need of repair and you're in the greater Columbia, South Carolina area, Isaac will fix you up right. He is a personal friend of ours. And if you tell him that Netflix Roulette Podcast sent you, he will fix you right up and take 10% off of your repair. So with that, let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the Netflix Roulette Podcast. I'm Keith. And I'm Brandon. And we're your hosts. Keith, how are you doing today? I'm doing well today, uh, Brandon. I'm actually doing much better today than I was previous days this week because I finally have my car back because it was gone away from me for a while. Yeah, so I, I heard this story secondhand, but would you would you mind telling me why all the listeners around the world also just eavesdrop? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, as no one probably on the, I mean, people who listen to the podcast, if they know us or me, they would know that my car is probably, not everybody knows. That's besides the point. <laughs> the point is, is that last week, um, I live on a dirt road at the end of a dirt road and my my parents live or my mom and my stepdad live about maybe a few tenths of the mile back down this dirt road. So I have to pass their house to get to my house. Um, and also they have a washer and dryer. I don't currently have a washer and dryer in my house. So I have to take my clothes up there and I'll wash them and then I'll fold them and I'll drive them back down to the house. So I was doing that last Wednesday night, um, which is today, we're recording on a Saturday, and so not the not the previous Wednesday from this Saturday, but the Wednesday before that, mm-hmm. so about a week and a half ago. And on the way back, there's a, a couple of curves with some trees, some trees tight on the edge of the, the, the uh, road, and I took one curve and I could hear my clothes about to fall over in the basket. And I thought to myself, man, I don't want to refold these clothes. That's going to be crap. I don't want to do that. And so I decided, well, maybe I don't have to. So I stuck my hand back there to try to catch the uh, the clothes before they fell over onto the seat to be unfolded and just in all manner of disarray. And when I did that, I believe my hand bumped the wheel or maybe it was just the thing where like when you try to turn backwards to look behind you in a car and you like subconsciously pull the wheel to the whatever direction you turn, that happened. Mm-hmm. And so the front end of the car turned slightly to the right, just enough to collide with a stump on the right side of the road. And I bent a strut in my front right tire. Well, it's not in the tire, but it's one of the things that holds the tire onto the car. I bent that, so the car was undrivable. It also ruined the tire on the car, and so the car has been in the shop for the last week and a half. Now, mind you, I bought this car one month prior to the date of me messing it up. Mm-hmm. It's also ironic because when I got my dog, Mia, a month after I got her, she broke her front right arm. So <laughs> I got my dog. After a month, I broke her front right arm. Well, I didn't do it, but it happened. And then... Later on down the road, I break my car's fright, front, fright, right, right front tire only a month after having it. Mm-hmm. So that's how I've been. But I'm very pleased to say that Betty White is back in the driveway. <laughs> and that's slang for my car is back because we named her Betty White. 
because she's white and a she. But she's not old. So, Brandon, mm-hmm. you been up to anything interesting? Um, not really. I am, um, probably the most interesting thing I've done so far is I am an assistant with one of my friends, Ariel's, uh, plays. She's doing an mm-hmm. honors project, so I'm getting to be the assistant for it. Um, and it's pretty cool because I've realized that I just love new experiences like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's cool. Um, instead of like being in charge of something, like it's, instead of being the guy that makes the final decision, you have to learn to be the guy that sit there and say, okay, here's my input, but also be really comfortable with the fact that they might say, oh, that's wrong. Or that like, there's two or three other people that have as much power as you do. And uh, so it's it's pretty cool just sitting there and um, I guess getting to specialize in little things, like just really focusing on this aspect or that instead of having to oversee everything. Hmm. Um, and so it's, it's pretty cool because I think that's one thing I, I struggle with whenever I'm doing projects or group stuff that uh, like if I'm in charge, I don't like to delegate because I just think, oh, I can do all of it. And then I feel that it don't get like it doesn't get accomplished right or i don't do it well and so it's it's pretty cool getting to watch her delegate delegate um also it's it's cool because she based it off of a uh a c.s lewis um book um which one oh uh, what was it it's something about like they travel to another planet i don't know i'm not i'm i don't know i'm, I'm still kind of confused cause i'm not really familiar with his works so the way she explains it i'm like oh so it's c.s lewis she's like well not entirely and i'm like oh well, it's <laughs> so it's like there's a bit of it that is c.s lewis and there's the gotcha. whole aspect of his teachings within it so but uh yeah it's 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 pretty cool i so think c.s lewis was a good dude so if anyone's in the charleston area you should email us and i'll let you know because it's going to be produced i think in definitely march or april all right one of those not in february so that sounds good if you're traveling in charleston during february don't show up yeah go hit up or not in february but later on go hit up yeah. ariel's play well i won't say speaking of plays because i find it hard to, to segue with that but i will say speaking of cars like we did a minute ago we watched the movie swerve mm-hmm. this week um if you haven't watched it you should just pause this Go give like an hour and a half of your time and come back. Right. Yes. Don't do that though. Well, we'll see. If you 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 may get to the end of our episode and think like, man, I've got to see this movie for myself. <laughs> it sounds like a real nail biter. That's how you sound, listener. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's our demographic. But yeah, the the movie was Swerve. It's an Australian film, uh, made evident by how everyone was Australian. Uh, I do have a cool question uh, about how long, how long did it take you to realize it was an Australian film? I mean, I knew I read it last week. Uh, whenever we whenever we did it, so I remembered it uh, being I guess, Australian. I guess I didn't remember that because I spent a few minutes trying to figure out. I was like, Why okay, are they, well, why like, is the steering wheel on the wrong side? Well, because like it's it's set here, so I thought like, okay, that's either like the desert here or like it's in Mexico. That's what I assumed. And then, like, when people were riding on the wrong side, I thought, oh, what? Like, I don't think there's a desert in England. <laughs> and then, like, I looked it up, and I guess I guess I'd never thought that in Australia they also do, like, they ride on the other side of the road. Mm-hmm. I just always assumed that's the British just, like, colony a British colony for so long. Thing. 
That's what the Brits will do to you. You let them in, they'll make you start driving on the wrong side <laughs> of the road. Also, I feel like I'm some completely insensitive because I started out by saying the wrong side of the road. It's not the wrong side, it's the left <laughs> yeah. side. We drive on the right side because the right hand we side. We drive on the right side. <laughs> not, not, we don't we're dri- Republicans. <laughs> we don't drive on the correct side of the road, <laughs> though some would say that we do. It's all where the steering wheel is. Um, so as far as the cast of this film... Um, the one, the only person I recognized, I didn't know his name, but uh-huh. one of the main guys, Frank, uh, he's Jason Clark. He was in a couple of other things. Um, yeah, I ended up looking that up because I didn't know if you'd done research. Yeah, he was in Zero Dark Thirty. He's going to be in that, uh, or in Dawn. He's in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The Great Gatsby, Public Great Enemies. Gatsby. Yeah, so he was. He's been in a lot of, of actually, Rabbit Proof Fence. A lot of popular stuff. Jason Clark has been. Um, I don't know how to describe him to you, but he. Let's see. Let's just for your for your uh, enjoyment, we'll see. He played Malcolm in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Dan in Zero Dark Thirty, George Wilson in The Great Gatsby. Gatsby. Uh, so if you recognize those characters, that's who Jason Clark is. Other than that, though, we have Emma Booth, who plays the attractive um, blonde woman who is married to Frank and David Lyons, I believe. Uh, he was in ER for a while. He played um, our our, I guess, protagonist. Colin, um, isn't it weird? Like uh, when you start going through, ca- like there's cast members in this where I sit there and think, like I've never, like I've never seen you, and then you watch, and you see, like, oh wow, he's been in like thirty movies. Yeah, and it, it's just weird because there's char- like there's people I love, like Nick Swartzen, like he was someone that I used to look at and think, like, oh, well, he's in the movie, like I need to go see it. But then I realized, for the most part, people look at him and say, oh, you mean the guy that just has five lines in all of Adam Sandler's yeah, movies? It also makes you think that he's like Ron Swanson in every movie, and that's that's just going to depress <laughs> you to know that that's not the case. Um, but yeah, that, that's the cast. Not a not really, a, I won't call it a star-studded cast. I mean, it's it's a, a movie out of Australia in 2011. I, won't, I mean, I'm not going to say the Australian movies are inherently bad, but I, there aren't many movies that I can remember that I enjoy being good that they mm-hmm. someone said, you know, that's Australian. I mean, Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand. New Zealand but I think but if Fly of the Concords taught film. us anything, New Zealanders are not Australians. That is, yeah, if I, <laughs> you're right. They, <laughs> we, we, I'm getting hate just by saying that. Um, but let's we'll we'll run you through the plot of this thing. We our our uh, tradition is to spoil the movie before you watch it if you haven't watched it yet. Uh, so I'll give you a brief plot overview, Brandon. Fill in the gaps if I miss anything because right. there's a, a lot of stuff that kind of well, I won't say a lot of stuff that happened in this movie, but there was just many things to say about it. Uh, so we uh, the the movie opens on what is obviously like a drug dealer uh, who blows up a. A Chinese guy in his car after exchanging money for fake drugs, uh, and he is racing down the road, apparently trying to get somewhere. Um, the the Gina, the woman um, that we mentioned earlier, she's seen uh, getting something out of a safe, and she's driving down the road in her convertible. And then we see Colin, our protagonist, which I guess he's our protagonist. It makes sense because mm-hmm. um, everybody's kind of a main character. Yeah, but. We see him also on the road, and so they're driving. The three of like he's driving down the road, um, and then the uh, the drug dealer guy comes up behind him, which is this is a, 
this I'm assuming this is why the movie is called Swerve. Yeah. We'll come back to this later. But he's speeding, the drug dealer is obviously in a hurry, so he speeds around our main character, Colin, swerves around him, or goes around him, but then the, uh, the lady in the convertible, Gina, who becomes another main character, uh, she is coming in the same lane, and so the drug dealer swerves off the road, he flips his car over, and dies. And so then Colin uh, goes over to the car. He finds a briefcase full of money. Um, he drives uh, Gina back to her home, and then he goes back, goes to the police station to turn in the money uh, and tell people what happened. He ends up meeting the sheriff or the cop of the town, who is played by Jason Clark. His name is Frank. He tells him, "Hey, you found this money. There's a car accident. Yada yada yada. There is a woman." And so Frank says, "Like, oh, we'll go. Let's go." Um, see her and talk to her turns out this woman is his wife so the woman in the car rash car crash <laughs> the the, car i rash. got me a car rash from driving all the day um so they're married frank and gina are married they invite colin over she tries to seduce colin for some reason um but then frank comes home then long story I'm I'm honestly I'm kind of drawing a blanket at, at a really what the point of everything was. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'll in my notes here. I have at the 31 minute mark. I have no idea what is going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's also a blonde guy who we who we think is sort of the bad guy. He comes. He also comes into the town. He's looking for this money, so he's searching for him. And so really, we're gonna skip a lot of the movie where not a whole lot happened. But to make a long story short, this blonde guy kills a couple people in the town. And then he ransacks Frank and Gina's house looking for this money. Frank comes home to find, or looking, or trying to figure out what his Gina was doing. Because it it seems that she was running away from him. Mm -hmm. Um, So he comes home. The blonde guy knocks him out and takes, but he couldn't find the money. And so Gina and Colin come there because they were coming back to the house from town. They come in. Frank wakes up, thinks that she's the one who's trying to steal the money. He tries to kill her. And so, and then Colin pulls him off. Then Gina hits him in the head. So Frank goes down. We're to believe Frank is dead. Gina and Colin drive him out to an old silver mine where they dump his body into a old silver mine thinking that no one will ever find it there surprise surprise frank is not dead um so then gina and colin try to skip town uh frank and frank and the blonde guy separately catch up to them they all four end up on a train frank ends up killing the blonde guy on the train and then he ends up trying to kill gina and colin colin fights him gina shoots frank and he flies off the train then we are to think that Colin and Gina will live happily ever after, but lo and behold, the next morning, Colin wakes up in the train car, the money is gone, and he sees Gina with the money, smiling at him from outside, walking away. So the twist is that she played him, and that she took the money for himself. And now you may be thinking, Keith, this sounds a whole lot like William Zero, in that we don't have any idea what the heck you're talking about, because it doesn't make any sense. And I will tell you, that's what I thought while watching the film. So what, what were your But now there's thoughts? another ending yeah. as well. Is there another ending? Tell me. Well, no. Like, remember after that when, like, the guy... Did you stop the movie at that point? 
I thought the credits rolled. No, because at that point, like... When she's walking away? Like, she walks away, and then uh, the guy... What's the guy's Colin. name? Colin. Colin? Yeah, Colin. Colin C-O-L-I-N. goes back to, like, the bar. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't read all the way to the bottom of my <laughs> notes, because at the bottom of the notes, in all caps, I have the bartender. Okay, I'll, I'll run back through that, too. Sorry. So Colin, he's, he, the reason he's at the bar and he meets the sheriff is because he sees a piece of paper in the drug dealer's pocket in the car that says this place at 1230. So he goes there and instead of meeting with the person he thinks he's supposed to meet with, I guess he's taken by the cop. Turns out when he goes back to the bar, it was the bartender's money all along. Because the bartender tells him the story about the uh, the... What was it called? The Merchant of Iraq or the Merchant of... The the Merchant in Iraq. Yeah. It was on a, a, a episode of Sherlock I was watching. But he tells him the story, long story, about how you can't escape death. And then he says, I don't care what happened. I want my money. And Gina had stuffed like one $100 Australian money, whatever currency they use. I get euros. No, they don't. They don't use that. That's stupid. Uh, no, they they call it. Um, I wrote it down on here. Uh, they call it the buck, the doe, and there's the Aussie. All right, Australian monies, a hundred dollars. And so he like lifts his glass off the hundred dollar bill to kind of tell the bartender like, this is all. This is all I got. And so that's how it ends, right? Or but, he... the, but then you find out that like it's counterfeit. Oh yeah, because the yeah because the ink was all washing off. A lot of twists in this movie. A lot of swerves. <laughs> well, like, so at the end, did it mean that, like, all of the money she had was counterfeit? Or that she was just... Frank's money was counterfeit? Or that... It was one of those things where I saw the ink co- moving off, and I didn't know if it was just, like, wet money? Like, because I, I just... I It wasn't quite clear enough to me that it was counterfeit. I think it's supposed to, because the ink's, like, really running okay. on it. Like, you you see it bubbling up. Right. So then I guess the idea is that Gina ran off with all this money that's fake now. Or so I, I mean, I don't... Again, I'll say I don't understand the point. <laughs> yeah. I'll, um, I'll start with this. Um, I'll start with, with the first... The first thought I had was, um, like, good, good music and good shots. Whereas I disagreed right. with you on William uh, William Zero. Mm-hmm. This one, I really... Like, I watched it, and I thought... Because um, my notes, I was like, cool shots, perfume commercial. And, like, I, and, but I like that sound... That sounds mean, but it really... I felt like this could be, like, in the Super Bowl. Like, for, yeah. like, a minute and a half, like, you have this whole, like, commercial with the music playing and people driving, and it's just, like... like Find find yourself, or like yeah. escape the madness, or whatever. Like it really is like a perfume commercial because at the end of a perfume commercial, you're also asking like what, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what. But happened? like like I I felt I felt like it was good. The music at the end it kind of got annoying because I felt like they used the same song like three or four times. But like up until the remember. end, I really enjoyed the like do do do. That's not it at all, but. That was exactly what it sounded like. It, the music for the movie is do 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 do. Like, did you do you agree with like the music? No, in I it, mean, I, I won't say that the music struck me in a way that I remembered it, but I do remember thinking that like the the cinematography and everything, like all the shots and everything, it looked it looked good, and maybe that's what kept me interested throughout the film because it was shot in a way that I found interesting. It was shot in a 
a sort of a, a gritty kind of real way. It, but it, it's just the the content that yeah, it it just it felt like they took took their time, um, and like that's that's a whole other argument to where like is it more important the story or like your like delivery of it? Right. But like I I really thought that they it's something that I. I it just it struck me as the kind of thing that you know you watch some things and you sit there and think that they just take that they forget to take more than one take and they're yeah. like well I guess we got to use this it struck me as something that the director was like no like we're going like if you bought this DVD there would be like bloopers a director yeah director's <laughs> yeah. cut where we explain this is why we took this shot of the desert um is there anything else you want to say on that or even move to my no second I mean thing? I'm yeah you you can. Pull, pull me through your talking points because I'll be because I'll be honest. The movie didn't strike me to the point where I thought of a whole lot of stuff that I yeah. could say about this movie. Um, other than I just I felt confused. the The second thing that struck me was the cussing in it, and what what struck me about it was that earlier that day I had had a conversation with my friend Andrew from school. Okay. If you come to Improv Night, you may know him as. The worm that grants wishes to everyone. Hmm. If you don't go to improv night, you're really confused right now. So that which is probably ninety percent of our well, <laughs> hopefully one day it'll be ninety percent of our listening yeah. base. And so, um, but we were talking about like cussing in films and how we it annoys us whenever a film is cussing just to be cussing. Right. And you sit there and think you you didn't need that. Like you didn't have to cuss. You didn't need to uh, um, to have that sex scene in it. And even in acting class, we talk about it because our professor Keating, like, um, we've had times where someone would be like, no, I got to cuss because that's for the story. But then a lot of times he'll sit there and talk about how he'll be like, listen, like, I can go through here and I can be like, I'm so mad or I'm so freaking mad. He was like, you know, I just said freaking, but you still, you still were like, wow, that guy's really angry. He was like, I didn't have to sit there and use, like, drop an F-bomb. Um, and so... I like I was thinking that and then I did some some further research into like Australia and apparently they just you talk whatever way you want to like they had a whole list of like words that we think is are horrible yeah. England thinks horrible but kids will just go around and for them like it's it's nothing for like a 3-year-old to walk around and like drop f bombs because they're right. just like yeah it like that doesn't mean anything to us and doesn't so doesn't mean anything might like i just it kind of reminded me of the whole like we talk a lot of times about gray areas about stuff yeah and i sat there and thought if you ask them about it they would sit there and say well no we're just talking whereas if you ask me i'm gonna watch it and say why are you just doing all this needless cussing did you have any thoughts on that well yeah i i think it's one of those things where it just it depends on what you're trying to depict um i agree that if it if it's not necessary why do it but also, like, if you're gonna, like, if you're gonna make a movie that involves like rap culture, mm-hmm. or if you're gonna make a movie about like people who live in like a trailer park or something, yeah, or if you're gonna make a movie or about a place where that's the way people talk, then you have to talk that way. Yeah, like, it's, you you can't really say like, oh, well, this is how people talk this way in this culture or in this area or in this region, but we're not going to do that because we're against those kind of words. I think you're doing a disservice to your art Mm -hmm. because you're trying to really depict what's going on in this area. You're trying to set a good, um, a good setting, a good scene. 
Um, so yeah, I that's kind of how I feel about it. Like if it's if it's necess- it's necessary if you're trying to depict a certain type of people or a certain a certain thing, but it's not necessary if you're just doing it for shock value or if it's just completely unnecessary. Did you um did you feel as though with, with these characters that it was more of like a they're just saying, "Hey, be be natural, be natural," or did you find it was B them sitting there saying like, "Ah, like you're just not intimidating enough. Why don't you go cuss?" Like, did you get a feeling that no. they were being like this was really natural? Or I, I, yeah, I didn't get the second feeling. I just, I've, I, I, it felt. I mean, I won't say that the dialogue felt natural mm-hmm. again because just some of the stuff it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But I won't say that I found any of their word choices to be out of, like, out of. Um, what would be be considered right? Just because I could, I, maybe I I could be desensitized. I guess I don't know. But yeah. the point, I guess my point is that it didn't um, it didn't strike me that way. It didn't strike me as unnecessary. It it kind of because like there's a point where this guy thinks that he just helped this woman kill her husband. Yeah, and like it makes sense. Like that's that's what you're gonna say. Like you're not gonna say like mm-hmm. this is this freaking weird man. <laughs> like you're you're gonna. You're gonna say exactly what you're thinking at that point, and the strongest word, like these curse words or whatever, like they're gonna, those are the strongest words we have, or at least like culturally. Yeah. So that's probably the words you're gonna use. So no, it, it it really didn't bother me or make me think that they were overdoing it, but that's just my opinion. A uh, another random Australian fact. <laughs> I, I was telling I was telling Keith before this that, uh, like with the Beethoven movie, I kind of did the same thing with. Uh, with this one is that there's little things I wanted to research to see like, Oh, well, like what, what's the meaning behind that? Like what, what happened to those like dogs or like what happened to that dog? Um, with this one and I'll get into this like more like, uh, with other one, but, um, uh, with the Australian, when I saw the hundred like Australian dollar bills, mm-hmm. um, I did some research and I wonder like how much would that be in American dollar? And for each, uh, buck, doe, or Aussie, it represents 76 cents hmm. in American dollars. So for every $100 bill, that was only six seventy six fifty three in American dollars. Hmm. So, because it was one of those things where at first, when I, like when I said, I first thought it was in Mexico, so I thought it was a peso. And I was sitting there <laughs> thinking like, oh, well, I know that like the Why value is really Australian lopsided. Why do you people were in Mexico? Well, no. Th- see, they didn't. They didn't talk. Like oh, they didn't yeah. talk until. That's true. And the guy, the yeah, they got the the drug dealer in the beginning did have like a sort of a because he just had like look. that random like Asian guy at the beginning. Yeah. That looked like he looked like I when I saw him, I thought that it was going to be some like Fast and the Furious movie where like <laughs> they're like you got to get this, but like don't forget you sometimes you got to swerve to get the money there or whatever. And um, and so because I thought it was gonna be one of those things where like there's a million there's a million pesos, but it's really only like thirty thousand American like U.S. dollars. Yeah. Because uh, I was just wondering like, is it is what you're doing is it worth like you building that bomb? Is it really worth it, or are you just wasting like your time? That's true. <laughs> and you could just be like working at Costco or something. Um, my uh, my third point though, and this kind of pull pull came over. Um, from Beethoven's thing, is that the good guy in this movie, who we're supposed to think is the good guy, isn't a good guy at all. And I'm talking about Colin. Yeah. <laughs> because 
number one, like when when the car accident happens, like this girl who obviously like did did she even get hit or did she just like swerve? Well, she got hit in the hit. Well, she didn't get hit by the. I don't but know. But basically, what basically, like yeah. the, her car kind of like kind of get hit gets hit. But this other car goes and goes flipping like multiple times, and, he, and then Colin gets out and goes and checks on her. the attractive girl, whereas like this car is just a mangled mess over here. And That's he's like, true. "Oh my gosh, are are you okay?" Then he goes over there to this guy, and then he takes the guy's money, and then he leaves. Which you might be like me and think, well, maybe Australian culture is different. But no, no, no. <laughs> it's not. It is not. In Australia, You're it is... You're expected to help people it in is Australia? A, yes. It is illegal to leave the scene of an accident without property proper authorities present. But and, they were in the outback. But, like... You There's no rules in the outback, He had Brandon. a cell phone. He should have <laughs> called the cops and said... It's, like, instead, here's what happens. Is that, like... Like, 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 if you got into a car accident with someone, and you saw that there was a dead body in that car, would you sit there and say, like, I'll just, I'll drive into town and tell someone that this body's sitting out here? Yeah. Or you sit the, there and the, think... The, the body didn't have a head on it. It was pretty <laughs> rough. And he did have a, he had a black razor that he could call someone with. Yeah, he could have called someone up. Also, um, please excuse my bad Australian accent. The, <laughs> the only problem with recording these things is that you don't have a, I can't practice it and then <laughs> give it to you. So, please... Please. He helps, so and then he helps the girl, who may be like a killer, who like made may have done all this stuff. He still sits there and says, "I'm gonna side with you." Like it's kind of like if you saw like if if you walked in and like there was like a Nazi like arguing with ISIS, and the Nazi was like, "Well, I I think all these people innocent people should die," and yeah. then like the ISIS guy was like, "Well, you're wrong because all these innocent people should <laughs> die," and they were like, "Hey, hey, buddy, you think you come solve this argument like?" You're gonna lose, like if you can't sit there and say, like, well, I, I, I side with like Doctor Isis, and you can't yeah. side with Mister Nazi. Like, you just gotta look there and say, y'all, y'all work, y'all hash this out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over here and do my own thing. Yeah, I agree with you there. But the whole, I guess, the whole thing is just because he's the main character, he doesn't have to be a good guy. He doesn't necessarily have to be good. I think what you're more saying is our main character is a little bit irrational. <laughs> and, but see, like I think sometimes in films they paint this picture of like no one's no one's really good. But in this movie, I don't think like you're supposed to watch it and think like, oh, that girl's no matter what, like that girl's justified. No matter yeah. what, like that guy, like he just got the raw end. And then like my final thing is that he shows up at this bar, which looks. Looks rich. I don't know Australian bars, but like if I pull up <laughs> to a bar around here, I wouldn't. I wouldn't walk in if it looked like that and think like this is a good place. Yeah. And then like what? Like you're gonna order one beer and then sit there and say, "Hey, I'm gonna pay for this with this one hundred dollar bill." <laughs> like that's I've, all the money he had, man. I've went to like mail letters before at the post office and handed them a twenty dollar bill to mail like a three dollar package. And they look at me like I'm trying to like <laughs> harm their child, and yet like you're gonna go to this like we don't have change for this that, bartender. Sir. You know, every day he sits there hearing about people's problems because that's where they go to drown their like their issues. And you're gonna sit there as a bartender and have this guy walk in there and be like, "Yeah, life's tough. It's so tough, in fact, that I have to pay for all my beer with one hundred dollar bills. <laughs> so that's all the cash I got on me. Got to break a Benji." 
I'll be honest, Brett. These these things that you're picking out, like I never would have thought about at all. Like I watched this movie, and there are tons of I won't say tons of things, but there are things that I thought like this is kind of messed up. But that's these are that's so strange that you thought about that. <laughs> it just I just I I think I just get annoyed when I sit there because like we look at that, that if that person in real life existed, you would never be friends. If like if someone sat there and said like yeah like I witnessed this accident, like a car went flipping in this hot girl kind of got like clipped in the back and you'd be like oh what did you do oh i went and checked on the hot girl <laughs> oh well you you called the authorities no no i just i took the guy's sack of cash and went to town <laughs> oh well, like what what happened oh well turns out i think the girl might have like killed this one guy but she also might be a prostitute and she married this abusive guy what you happened <laughs> oh well i helped her kill her husband <laughs> and then we dumped everything Oh, and then she stole the money from me. Oh, well, what happened after that? Oh, I went into town and went to this rundown bar. Same one from earlier. Like, oh, what happened? Oh, well, I, I went to, I had I had to buy a beer, and then I gave him a $100 bill. Oh, would you tell him to keep the change? No, I, I never made mention of that. I just flashed and was like, hey, I, I need a beer. It's also counterfeit, as it turns out. My life out. sucks. All I got is this $100 bill. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That's a yes. That and that's essentially the plot of the movie, honestly. I thought it was humorous, um, now that I'm thinking about some stuff, is that mm-hmm. this whole movie is set around this town where they're having a battle of the bands. Yeah. But the bands are like police po- like police forces that play music. <laughs> like they they play like big bands or whatever or something. I that was that was humorous to me. Um it it really it was just I won't say it was uninteresting. But it was advertised, like, when you click on it and stuff, like, it's advertised as, like, a suspenseful thriller mm-hmm. and, like, all this different stuff. And, like, I just don't... It wasn't that. It wasn't super suspenseful. It wasn't thrilling. I mean, there were a couple people who died mm-hmm. a little bit graphically, but it wasn't... It It just was, it wasn't anything... Like, and again, we come back to the thing where they... I didn't care about the characters. Like, there wasn't... Like, I wasn't really rooting for anyone... I was just wanting to see what happened. You know what's also weird is that, like, no one in this town is on guard or knows how to defend themselves. Like, the mechanic, you have this stranger walk up who looks suspicious, and you're sitting there thinking, like, I'm going to stay under this car, and I'm going to, like, wisecrack at you. And then the guy, like, drops it. Then you have this cop that's like, oh, I don't know what happened, da-da-da. Then you're killed. Like, no one... Yeah. Because, like, I think we're supposed to get the sense that this, like this drug dealer like he's he's a bad man like you don't know what's gonna like gonna happen when in reality he like there's a lot of people i know you could just send a 13 year old that town and he could probably take out half the town <laughs> without people realizing because also in this town you just got to kill a body you just got to lay it on the other side of a desk and <laughs> yeah that's i had no that one notices too. the stench like or the Gina, pile Gina, of blood she walks into a, the police station where the blonde guy has just recently killed a man and like she walks past the dead body, obviously to look for something, then walks back. She never sees it. She never sees this dead body. Also, like, do we not understand death? Because she sits there and she hits him in the head. Then he's like, "We need to call him." No, he's dead. Like, does she just not know how to like check yeah. lives, or does Frank just get a second chance? Yeah, it's not one life? of those things where like they gave him a poison that softens his pulse or whatever. Like they just hit him yeah. in the head, so he he should have a pulse, but. Like she just looks down at him and sees the 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 bloody spot. Like, oh yeah, he's dead. He's he's dead. I'm gonna toss him in the toss him in the silver mine. 
I think the ending though, where she takes the money, like it really it means like she really did kill that one guy, and she really mm-hmm. act, she actually was the bad guy the whole time. Um, but again, the movie Swerve. There's not a whole lot to be said about it because really, honestly, and truly, if you watch the movie, not a whole lot happens. It's yeah. kind of this weird, chaotic story where you don't really know who anyone is. You don't really know why anyone's doing anything. They try to explain it, but they don't really do a good job. Mm. And then you find yourself at the end thinking, why the heck is the money counterfeit? Now, now, one of the things you brought up um, before this yes. was that the title did not fit the movie at Correct. all. Correct. That is what I believe. And I think this brings us to this week's hypothetical. I agree. And we have decided that this week's hypothetical would be if you had, if someone came to you and said, hey... We have we bought the rights to this title. Swerve. Swerve. We need you to like create a film around this title. What would your film be? Like, what would it be about? And as always, make sure you email us or uh, comment on whatever social media this is on. Like your yes. answer. Please do. You can email us at nrpodcast at tankmedianetwork.com. That is nr. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at tankmedianetwork.com. So, Brandon, who do you think should go first on this this tale? Because I think we've both got probably pretty good ones. Um, I'll, I'll take one for the team because yours is usually more humorous, so I'll start with mine. <laughs> I think it's funny. Maybe it's not. We'll see. Because that's the whole goal. I just want to make people laugh with these things. So... My movie entire and and it really is. There's there's one swerve. There's a swerve in the movie where she swerve. The guy swerves and crashes. There's another swerve where she swerves around a bus in a car, but it still has nothing to do with the actual movie. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're here. Anyway, my movie entitled Swerve. This this is a movie where a man is about to be hit. Well, he's probably a child. A child is about to be hit by a truck that's carrying radioactive materials, but the truck swerves around him to, mm-hmm. to miss him. But in doing so, a couple drops of radioactive material falls <laughs> on the child. They fall on the child, and so he gains a superpower. And that superpower, that superpower is that anything that is about to touch him swerves around <laughs> him. <laughs> so that leads to many different... Uh, um, problems, but the main is the main one is or not not that is just anything that's coming to hit him is is going to swerve around him, which means that he can be harmed by neither bullet nor sword nor knife nor fist, but he also cannot feel the touch of the woman he loves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but that the movie is not about his superhero exploits at all, because Steve Buscemi plays. <laughs> Kent the Swerve Man, <laughs> and the movie takes place towards the end of his life, where he's already done all of his Superman things, but he's just become a crotchety old man because all of his potential loves have swerved around him, mm-hmm. and now his life is sad, and he ha- he must learn to to love and not swerve, and control his powers. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> Still a better movie than Swerve from Australia. Mine, um, I think mine, I just always, like, I kind of have an idea, but it's more based off of, like, seeing these people, like, interact. Like, I think that was the comment you made about your, uh, 
when we did the Cheers episode, where you're like, I just want to see these people like yeah. act. I just want to see Stone Cold Matthew McConaughey <laughs> and like these other people just in the same like universe. Um, so mine would be about it would be Brian Cranston would play the father of Nolan Gould okay. from Modern Family. He's uh, Luke from Modern Family. Yes, and so they would go to the uh, like the racetrack to watch um like a drift tournament okay and then the end nolan gould would go up to get an autograph from his like favorite drifter and that would be played by john glaser (laughs) and so john glaser would just be like really arrogant really like annoying and then um like cranston would be like listen like my son you're just his hero like can you just give him an autograph and then Robert Downey Jr. would walk up, and he'd be the owner of John Glaser's <laughs> thing, and be like, "Whoa, whoa, who, who, who is this right here?" And John Glaser would be like, "Oh, just a bunch of like punks, like, like spec." I'd be like, he'd make something of spectators, like mm-hmm. spectators or whatever, like okay. what he does <laughs> or specs. That's what he would call them. Yeah, a couple of specs. And um, they would just run their mouth, and Brian Cranston would be like, "Well, listen, like you're not anything, like." Like, so what? Drifting's not, like, hard. And John Glaser's like, what do you say? And he kind of rattled John Glaser somehow. Mm-hmm. So they'd walk away, and then, like, they'd be approached by this guy in a suit. And uh, he'd be like, so, uh, like, I see y'all just stood up to, like, so-and-so. And then you would, re- they would, like, he would, their shadows would turn, like, move, and you'd see it's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> and he would play, like, a guy who used to be, like, a champion owner, like, uh, drift team until John Glaser and Robert Downey Jr. came along and took him out, <laughs> and so he'd be like, "Like, how do you feel about like getting in that car?" And then he'd be like, "Like, Brian Cranston would play more of a character from Malcolm in the Middle, and he'd be mm-hmm. like, I, I can't get in the car. Like, I can barely drive my car.'" And he'd be like, "No, no, I, I'm going to train you. Like, you're the only guy that's stood up to like him." And he was like, "You know, I'll, I'll get my old champion driver to like teach you. Like, he can't race anymore oh, because gosh. he's been banned." And so they go to like this like cabin in the woods it's johnny knoxville <laughs> so johnny knoxville this movie has such a big budget like teaches um brian cranston how to be like a drifter and so like they show up at the tournament you have cameos with like ken block and all mm-hmm. and so like he would just come down to the f- like the finals of john glaser up against brian cranston like in a drift off mm. man i would watch that i'd watch the crap out of that movie <laughs> I would, I would, if the if my movie, the movie I wrote just down here and that movie were playing at the same time, <laughs> only one time only, I would go watch yours. I think I I brought this up before that like I feel like when we we come up with these, you have the idea of like okay, like if if a if a like a theater company came up to me and said this, I'm probably working with a budget of like a hundred grand or like a million dollars. Whereas I'm sitting there thinking that like the company comes to me and Money says, Brandon, no like, yeah, here's a blank check. <laughs> you get whoever you want. Sadly, this may not never happen. But do, if you have an idea of who you think or a movie <laughs> entitled Spurs, <laughs> a movie that would be better than this one, uh, please send it in to nrpodcast at tankmedianetwork.com. You can also find us at Tank Media Network on the Facebook. And you could also find us as tank underscore podcast on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Again, we're on Instagram and everywhere else. Go to our website, tankmedianetwork.com, to find out all of these things. So I think we've reached that point where we now he- need to give this a rating. We do. How do you think we should rate this this week, Keith? I think we should rate this movie 
out of unsolved, mysterious silver mine murders. All right. So how many unsolved, mysterious silver mine murders would you give this television program? All right. Movie? Well, let me let me state. I'm going to state why I'm rating it. I'm going to rate it. And I've got a, disc, like a little disclaimer okay. about it. Keith, you said earlier at the 30-minute mark, you wrote down <laughs> what is going on. Yes. On my notes, as you can see at the 30-minute mark, I wrote down, when is it When is it going to be over? <laughs> uh, the movie, it, it didn't make me care. It didn't make me care about the story, the characters. Uh, like I, I wasn't rooting. I just I kind of thought like, oh, I wish like the the flu would hit and just kill all of these people. <laughs> the flu um, would kill them? Yeah, so I was really just rooting for the flu or like the the birds to bring their flu over or whatever. Mm, the bird flu will get us. Um, and so I'm going to give it one star mm. uh, or one silver mine uh, mysterious unsolved killing. Um, now, to disclaim this, because I feel like a lot of times there's a lot of things I crap on on here. And I We've don't on everything. So far. <laughs> yeah, well, not not Cheers and That's not true. Um, You're right. Knitting Night. I would say Knitting Night, Knitting Night in America, but it's neither in a, nor in America nor is it in English. Yeah, <laughs> National Knitting Evening. I don't think we crowded on Winnie the Pooh either. Um, yeah, I think that got like a solid like two and a half maybe from mm-hmm. me. Um, but like the idea is like I don't I don't set out just to be like that guy who hates these things. I just feel like you can't. I can't watch this and feel right. bad and think, oh, well, like, I'm sure they didn't mean for this to be bad. Because yeah. you, when you got a budget, you've got time that you can produce. There's things in this that can easily, you can tell your story and get it across or tell a way better story with their budget, with their actors, with everything. You could, there could be, an, there, there's no excuse for this movie to be as bad as it was. Correct. But I will say that it was better than... Uh, William Zero, because at least this one, like I said, like I felt like this the the shots were really good, and I think the the music, like I I thought was pretty good. And you're right. I think we ought to be completely unbiased when it comes to our the rating system. And and that's our, why you give it five stars. <laughs> our critically acclaimed criticisms of films. Um, we're in all, we're in all the articles. <laughs> we're good critics. Um, I'm gonna give it one star too, Brandon. I don't. I don't know what I get. I feel like I gave William Zero more than one star. I give it half. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna say I gave it h- half, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give this one one. Cause you're right. This movie. This movie was more interesting to me than William Zero, but I also thought it was a crap show. I did not enjoy it. I got through it, um, and for all the reasons that you said, I'm gonna give it one. And I keep saying star, but we're not rating it out of stars. We're rating it out of unsolved um, murders, silver mine murders. <laughs> unsolved, mysterious silver mine murders. Mm-hmm. Also, Lizzie, my beautiful fiance and bride-to-be, has come in, and she is now sitting with us at the table while we record, so she just helped correct me. At first, I thought that was a ham sandwich, but it looks like peanut butter now. One thing or Lizzie bad loves. tuna. <laughs> if, one thing is, if, one, if there's one thing Lizzie loves, it's peanut butter, or no... Ham sandwiches and milk. Delicious. She actually sometimes dips the ham sandwiches in milk. <laughs> That's dip not true. Them boys. We're going to have her on the show one day. She and Jordan are going to be on the show. Our significant others. But, at any rate, that is one unsolved, mysterious, silver mine murder. 
for the movie Swerve. Mm-hmm. And be looking uh, next summer for our two Swerve movies to come out. <clears throat> as long as Matthew McConaughey is not busy. So, Brandon, it's that time again to find our next film. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to find it? Do you want me to push the button? I would love for you to push the button. All right. Creek, creek. <laughs> No, man. <laughs> Why is it? It's, we're only 10 episodes in, man. Why do we have to watch My Little Pony Twinkle Wish Adventure Netflix? <laughs> it's 44 minutes of My Little Pony. And it's not even the good one that everybody likes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one is it? My Little Pony Twinkle Wish Adventure 2009 Netflix. When wish granting, when wish granting sparkly twinkle wish disappears, the ponies must find the missing star in time for the Winter Wishes <laughs> Festival. Oh, gosh. Well. Oh, we really, yeah, that might be a good one. Um, sorry, Lizzie was giving me some direction from off screen. Um, but... I really don't have anything to say to, 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 to cue this one up. All I have to say is I'm not going to enjoy this. I'm going to have to lock the doors this week so nobody comes over while I'm watching My Little Pony and really take some good notes. Do you have anything to say about it? We, You weren't here when we watched that episode of My Little Pony? I was not. We we saw this thing and the guy, we, like this challenge was you can't you can't watch just one episode of My Little Pony. And so we we like watched it just to like get through the challenge mm-hmm. and so i watched the uh we watched the pilot of the original like incarnation did of you My become a brony uh no we we saw the challenge and we were, but we were also mm-hmm. mad because i was like i feel like if i watch another episode it's not proving that it's good there's just things that that's like lays where they're like but you can't eat just one chip and you're like well i thought what? you said I thought you said it's just like ladies, and, you, <laughs> and then you started with you just can't eat one, and I had no idea where that was going. So, but I understand what you mean. Um, so, thank you everyone for listening to this show about swerve. Uh, ideally, I wish we could have swerved around My Little Pony, but we do this for you. So next week, be sure to come back and listen to our episode about My Little Pony Twinkle Wish Adventure. Um, be sure to like us on the Facebook. Go and do things. It would be great if you subscribe to our show if you enjoyed it and left us a rating and review. We'd love to see that from you. Uh, but with that, Brandon, do you have anything else for our listeners before we let them go back to their lives? I do not. All right. Well, we hope you enjoy your day or evening or wherever you're at, and we will see you next time. Well, we'll hear you next time. You'll hear us next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.